If you have your Bibles today, I'd like you to turn to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, chapter 46. And in praying for this morning's message, I went back and forth between a few passages of Scripture, but the Lord kept on bringing me back to this passage in Psalms chapter 46 and verse 1. I'll just read one verse. Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1, and this is, this is actually my favorite verse in all the Bible. This is a verse that God gave me during a very trying time of my life when I was 15 years old, and I won't explain the history of that today. I don't feel the Lord wants me to, but it was during that time the Lord gave me this verse when I was in a very serious car accident. The Lord saved me. The Lord healed me miraculously. You're looking at someone that shouldn't even be here right now, except for the grace of God. I'm looking at people, the young people that shouldn't be here right now. The Lord gave me this verse, and I want to minister on it today. The Lord has led me to Psalm 46, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. And the psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And understand this today, that since the cross and since Christ has came and shed his blood at Calvary, now we can say that not only God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble, but we can say Jesus is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. I feel this word within me today burning in me like a fire shut up in my bones. And we need the fire of God to burn in this place today. I say we need the fire of God to burn in this house. To burn with conviction, to burn with encouragement, to burn the chaff away and to strengthen faith on the inside. Because some of you came to this conference, if not many of you came to this conference, and in your spirit you feel weak, you feel tired, you feel feeble, but God brought you here to strengthen you. Hey, I said he brought you here to strengthen you on the inside, to strengthen your faith, to strengthen the faith that you have in Jesus. And his finished work at Calvary. God is our refuge and strength. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit that's here. Oh, God, without your anointing, we are nothing, Lord. And I pray, God, for your anointing to rest upon me to minister. And, Lord, your anointing, your spirit to move upon us to receive today. Lord, make the word real to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, let every hindering spirit be torn down right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that might cloud the person, the young person's mind, let it be gone right now and bound in the name of Jesus. And let your word have free liberty today to do what only your word can do. And God, we say it all right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This psalm, this 46th psalm, is sometimes referred to as Hezekiah's psalm. 
A lot of people, if they know anything about the Psalms, they think that, that David, the psalmist, the sweet psalmist of Israel, many believe that, that David wrote all the Psalms. Well, that's actually not true. He wrote many of them, but Moses wrote some. And this is one in particular that it is believed by many that King Hezekiah wrote. And it's called sometimes Hezekiah's Psalm because Hezekiah was a, one of, the Bible says, one of the righteous kings that Judah had. Judah, the southern kingdom, had a lot of kings that were wicked, but they had a few that were righteous. You know, God hasn't always had the majority, but God doesn't need the majority. He just needs a few that will trust him and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. God just wants you, young person. He just needs a few young people that'll get on fire for him. And Hezekiah was one of those righteous kings that Judah had. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. But overall, he trusted in the Lord God. And we, we are told in 2 Kings chapter 19, and you don't have to turn there today. I'll just refer to it. But in 2 Kings chapter 19, we are told in the Bible that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, had come against the southern kingdom, Judah. They outmatched Judah. They outnumbered Judah. There was no way Judah in the natural, uh, intellectually, militarily, physically, in every way imaginable, there was no way that Judah could conquer Assyria. No way at all. And here it was, this massive army coming against Judah. And Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, sent his general of his army, whose name was Rabshika, sent Rabshika to Hezekiah with a letter. And in that letter, Sennacherib said, again by the means of Rabshika, said to Hezekiah and said to all Judah, don't be deceived, Judah. Don't think that your God can deliver you out of our hands. Mm. Those are fighting words. <laughs> the devil's not playing games. But he sent this letter to Judah and to Hezekiah. He said, don't be deceived. Don't think that you will be delivered from our hands. We will defeat you. You Jews, don't think that your God, Jehovah, will deliver you. We've defeated that God, and we've defeated that God. We've defeated that God. And we will defeat you as well, and your God ain't going to help you. Mm. Mm. Don't mess with God. Come on now. You know how sometimes you see a big guy, can I just break or chase a rabbit for a moment? Sometimes you see a dude that's like six foot eight and he's 300 pounds of raw, pure muscle. What do you think when you see someone like that? I ain't gonna mess with him. Well, you don't mess with God, don't mess with Jesus. That's exactly what Sennacherib and Rabshika did. Well, Hezekiah, this righteous king, he knew that Judah was no match for Assyria. 
He knew that, phys- that, that physically, militarily, that they were no match for them. And the Bible says in 2 Kings, this is what Hezekiah did. He brought that letter that Rabshika had brought. He brought it, Hezekiah brought it into the house of God, the temple. And he laid it before God. The Bible says that Hezekiah laid prostrate before God and said, God, you are God alone. You are God alone. You're the only true God. And Lord, look at what this king and this army is doing. Look at that. Lord, hear. God, see. God, know what's going on. And God heard Hezekiah's prayer. And the Bible says that that evening, God sent an angel. That evening, as the armies of Assyria had come against Judah, surrounded them, 185 soldiers. They outnumbered, they outmatched Judah, and they came against Judah. But there it was, Hezekiah saying, God, I'm paraphrasing now, God, they're coming against you. Not so much us, but it's your glory at stake. At stake. We are your people, and you're God alone. God proved to them how you are God. The Bible says in the latter part of 2 Kings 19 that that night, God sent an angel, and an angel slew in one night 185 soldiers of the Assyrians in one night. Wow. Wow. The Ju- uh, uh, Judah, they woke up the next morning and they went out to see the enemy. And when they looked out to see the enemy, they saw 185 dead Assyrian soldiers. Mm. Don't mess with God. You know, if God can take care of a whole army that's outnumbered you and outmatched you, he can take care of that number, that army, 185,000 soldiers in one night. What do you think God can't do for you? I said, what do you think God can't do for you? I'll tell you something even greater. If Jesus, with his shed blood, could wash away your sins, and with one step of faith, you stepped out of hell and stepped into heaven. With one step of faith, you stepped out of Satan's kingdom and into God's kingdom. What do you think he won't do for you? He'll do everything that you need. And and, and it is believed that after this great victory that God gave to Judah, as they woke up and saw 185,000, not 185, not 1,850, but 185,000. Soldiers. It is believed that when they saw those soldiers that Hezekiah began to sing this psalm. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Hey, hallelujah. Hey, Jesus. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. God is our refuge. Mm. And it is believed that Hezekiah led and Judah began to praise the Lord with this psalm. 
When he said there that God is our refuge again because of Jesus and what he did for us at Calvary, you and I today can say that Jesus not only is God, but Jesus because he is God. Jesus and what he did for us at Calvary, it is our refuge. He is our refuge, strength, very present help in trouble. Can some of you came to this conference and in your own spirit, maybe you never verbalized it, but in your own spirit, you were longing for a place of safety. In your own spirit, you're crying out for a place of safety. You're crying out for a refuge. You're crying out for help on the inside. I'm telling you, that's the Holy Ghost working on you. I said, that's the Holy Spirit working on you. And God brought you here for such a time as this. For such a time as this. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because somebody just said, come. And you had to go. No, no, no. God wanted you here. And you're feeling that stirring on the inside. And you've been here in this old conference. And I'm telling you today, Jesus is your answer. He's your strength. He's your very present help in trouble. But what does that mean, a refuge? The word refuge means a place of safety. It can mean a fortress. It could be in those days a, a, a refuge was any place to say that it could be a cave somewhere. It could be an open field. It could be a, a somewhere in the forest. Again, it could be a, a built rock fortress. But it was a place of safety, that refuge. Jesus is a place of safety. Some of you came to this camp and you came I don't know where you came from. I don't know your situation. Some of you might have come from homes in which there's abuse there. You just feel tormented in your own house. That's the reality of the time that we're living in. Young people feeling tormented in their own house. Maybe your parents are not saved. Maybe you're not growing up in a Christian home. Maybe it's just you. And you feel all alone and you feel the enemy working on you. You feel that pressure on you that's weakening you. That's trying to always tear your faith down. But Jesus is a place of safety. I said Jesus is a place of safety. He is your safety. He is your refuge. He is where you can find your help. Jesus is your place of help. He is your help. Not therapy. As good as people's intentions may be, it's not psychology. It's not therapy. It's not sitting on someone's couch. It's Jesus. I said it's Jesus. You need Jesus. <laughs> Oh, you know, that word refuge implies this. It implies that the reason why you need a refuge is because there is an enemy. You don't have a refuge if you don't have an enemy. But today you have a real enemy and his name is Satan. I said you have a real enemy and his name is Satan. 
I was just watching the news last night and I was hearing the testimony of one of the young men that survived that shooting in Colorado. I could tell by his testimony that yet that that young man, that he survived, he was shot several times, but he's still alive, thank the Lord. And we ought to pray for those families that lost loved ones in that tragedy. But the testimony of that particular young man, he was saved, you could tell. He knew Jesus. He knew the Lord. And he said that he was, as as the gunman was walking in, that he could feel the evil emanating from that man. He could, his own words, he said he could feel the evil. They were watching the movie, and as soon as that man walked in with his body armor on and, and his guns and his helmet on, he said he could feel evil walk into the room. You know what that is? That's Satan. You have an enemy today, and that enemy's not playing games. If you play with the devil, he won't play back. He'll play you, he'll play only enough to play you for a fool. Come on now, somebody needs to hear me. If you play with the devil, yeah, he'll play back, but he'll play you as a fool. If you dance with the devil, he'll kill you. He's not playing games. And the word refuge implies that there's a real enemy. We have the devil, we have the world outside externally. That is, that is our enemy. We face temptations from the world, from Satan. But we also feel, we also have in reality a much more ever-present enemy, and that's our own flesh. That's the sin in our own heart, our own self. And Jesus is our place of refuge from Satan and even the old self, that self that you have. Something else about that word refuge that's implied in it is a place of refuge is not a place that you walk to. It's not a place of refuge when when the bullets are flying, nobody walks to their foxhole. Come on now. I said when the battle's going and the bullets are flying, nobody just eventually gets there to the foxhole. Choo, choo, choo. When the arrows are, no, no, nobody eventually gets there. No, you run to your refuge. I said you run to your refuge. You see, Jesus as your refuge is not intended for him to be a place or someone that you just eventually get to. No, run to Jesus. I said run to Jesus. Run to your refuge, run to him. Well, I'm gonna stop and get a hamburger and uh, I'm going to stop and get some jambalaya. I'll eventually get to my refuge, my place of safety. I'll eventually get there when I feel like it. You realize, young people, there are people in hell right now that said, I'll eventually get there. Mm. Hear me today. I said, there are people in hell right now. I'm not trying to be cruel to any, but there are people in hell. That's the reality right now. 
that at one time, while they were on this side of the grave, their mindset was, I'll get to Jesus when I'm ready. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not even promised this afternoon. You have no idea what tomorrow holds, what this afternoon holds. Today is the day of salvation. Run to your refuge in your own heart every day when you wake up. Run to Jesus. Run to the cross. Run to him in your own spirit. Don't have an attitude of, well, uh, 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 what do I got today? I got this and I got that. And, uh, and oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got, I got Jesus. No, no, no. Don't, pull it, don't put Jesus fourth place in your life. I said, don't put Jesus fourth place. Don't put him fifth place. Don't even put him second place. Put him number one. I said, put him number one and run to your refuge. Run to him. Don't take him lightly. There are people that take Jesus lightly in this world all the time. And my prayer is, if you came to this conference and you've been taking your refuge lightly, if you've been walking to your refuge, my prayer is that the fire of God would burn on you and burn in you. And you would run to Jesus. Run to him. 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 Hallelujah. Mm. Run to him. What are you doing, Brother Bob? I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to my refuge. Hallelujah. I'm running to him in my spirit, in my heart. I've got to have Jesus because he's my place of safety. He's my help. He's, it's in Jesus. It also, Psalmist also said that he is our refuge and he is our strength. What does that mean, strength? The word strength here doesn't, it's not really talking about physical strength for us today. It's not talking about the power of God coming on you and you doing something supernatural physically, like, you know, lifting a car or something like that. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about physical strength so much, but it's talking about spiritual strength that you would keep on believing. Because the victory today, your victory, it's not found in your willpower. It's not found in you gritting your teeth and saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to sin. I'm going to say no to the devil. That's not your victory. Because sin and Satan are, no, are, are too powerful for you. But what you really need is strength to keep on believing. To keep on believing in Jesus and what he did at the cross. That at the cross, Jesus crushed Satan's head. He crushed his authority. Hey! He defeated sin. Jesus, on your behalf, because he loved you so much, crushed sin's authority over you. 
and crush Satan's authority over you. And you need strength to keep on trusting him. So you need strength to keep your focus on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You need strength today. You may be tired in your physical body right now. You may have stayed up until four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and if you did, that's, well, so be it. That's water under the bridge, right? <laughs> you may say, well, I just need well, I'll tell you what would help me, Brother Bob. It's just a good vacation. Mm. If I could just get away from mom and dad for a week, oh, then I could renew, renew my strength. You older people here, I see some older folk here, some recycled teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you older folk think, man, if I could just, if I, I just need a vacation, I need like a, a, a five-month vacation. <laughs> Some of you think, of, oh, if I could just sleep for one week straight, that would be my strength. Hey, sometimes we need sleep and we need a vacation. I'm not really talking, bashing that, but I'm telling you this. Your strength is really not found in all of those things. You need strength to keep on believing, to keep on looking to Jesus and the cross. Hey! That's where your help is. I said, that's where your help is. That's where your help is. It's in Jesus. It's in the cross. If you can keep on believing, you can go through anything. You can go through peer pressure if you've got the strength to keep on believing. You can go through the attack of the enemy if you've got the strength to keep on believing in Jesus. You see, where people go wrong and where the devil comes in and lures God's people away is that God's people... Young people, older people become weak in their faith. Their faith becomes weak. And that temptation comes, that allurement, that distraction comes. And when your faith is weak, and that distraction, that temptation comes, you're just like a marble on a slanted floor. Temptation. Peer pressure, immorality, pornography, the attack of the enemy. But you need your faith strengthened today. And today, He is your strength. Strengthen you. Strengthen your spirit. Strengthen you on the inner man to keep on trusting the Lord. You know, when you keep on trusting God and you keep looking to Jesus Christ, you're not gonna, your, your picture's not gonna get on the cover of Sanctification magazine. You're not gonna have people necessarily say, oh, aren't you something wonderful? Oh, we're gonna start a fan club. 
Because you are keeping on, keeping on. But it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't want to matter, people. It doesn't matter if they tear you down or lift you up. It doesn't matter. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on the finished work of Calvary. Strength, 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 strength. You will at times feel like you're standing alone, but Jesus is with you. Mm. The last thing the psalmist said here in Psalms 46.1 is he says that he is a very present help in trouble. Those words there are very present help. It just simply means that he's with you right now. He's with you right now. He's with you. Right now, he's with you. A very present help. And not just a present help, but the psalmist was emphasizing it. He's a very present help. He's with you right now. Right now, he's with you. Even before you get to your next trouble, God is already there. Even before you experience the, net, the next attack of the enemy, the next pressure that would come upon you, Jesus, your very present help in trouble, is already there. He's a very present help in trouble. One of the most powerful things, one of the most strengthening things that you could ever know as God's child is that he is with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I know you're hearing my words right now, but are you believing it right now in your heart? He's with you, I said. Well, Brother Bob, you just don't understand. You don't understand when the, 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 the things that I've done. You don't understand how stupid I've been. You don't understand the people I've hurt or the, or the hurt that's been done to me. You, Bob, you, Brother Bob, you just don't understand. I, as much as I would like to understand, this as much as Important as sympathy is sometimes between us, I tell you, that really doesn't matter. What matters is that your God understands. Jesus understands. And he is with you. He's with you. When Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm sending the parakletos, I'm sending the comforter, the Holy Spirit. You know what that word parakletos, that's the Greek word, if you don't know the word for comforter, now you know a Greek word, parakletos. But that word parakletos, the word for comforter, it means this, it means one who comes alongside of you. Come on now. Mm. One that comes alongside of you for the purpose of helping you, for the purpose of strengthening you. Hey, hey, Jesus. Mm. You got God the Father that's with you. You got Jesus the Son that's with you. And you got the Holy Ghost that's with you. He's with you. He's with you today. He's with you right now. Several years ago as I was just one day reading over this passage and studying it, 
I, I, and I felt the Lord ask me the question, where am I in this verse? Just in my own private time, the Lord, looking, just thinking about this verse, and I just felt one day the Lord asking me, where am I, where's God, that is, where, am, where is God in this verse? And I looked at it and I said, well, God, you're, you're my refuge. And the thought came back, the question came back, well, where am I, though? And, well, he said, well, I, and I said, well, Lord, you're my strength. But he said again, where am I? And I looked at it again. The Bible says, He's a very present help in trouble. You know where God is in that verse? He's in trouble. I know that doesn't make sense to in our English, but where's God in there? He's in trouble. But get this, he is in trouble, but he's not in trouble. I said he's, when you find yourself in sickness, you know where God is? He's in it with you. Come on now. He's in it with you. He's in it with you. He ain't sick. He ain't in trouble. But he's in the trouble with you. Hey, Jesus. When you find yourself weak, and you find yourself discouraged. Where is Jesus? Where is God? When you're discouraged, when you find yourself in weakness, where is he? He's in it with you. But he ain't weak and he ain't discouraged. But he is your strength. He's your refuge. He's your very present help when you find yourself in trouble. It's an awesome thing how God is with us. And God's with you today. You know, when in Daniel chapter three, and I'm closing, the singers can, musicians can come back. In Daniel chapter three, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they found themselves in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Where was Jesus? He was in the fire with them. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. In Daniel chapter 6, when Daniel found himself in the lion's den, where was Jesus? He was in the lion's den with Daniel. Hey! Hallelujah! In Matthew chapter 8, when the disciples found themselves in a boat, in a storm, where was Jesus? He was in the boat, in the storm with him. But he rose up, Jesus rose up and said, peace, be still. And that storm was calm. Hallelujah. Hey, Jesus. Where are you at right now? I know you're a family worship center. But spiritually, where are you at? What have you been going through? Where are you at right now? Do you find yourself in the midst of trouble? In the midst of weakness? Maybe in the midst of oppression? Maybe in the midst of depression? And Satan's been attacking you. 
and you've been feeling it and you just have felt torn down in your own spirit and you feel weakened. And on the inside, you have more of an inclination. You've got more of a bent to listen to rock and roll than you do listening to the praises of God. You have more of a bent to watch a drama than you do have and go into the house of God. And the reason why is because you feel weak on the inside. Today, God doesn't condemn you. He loves you. And he's telling you today, just come to me. Come to me. All those that are weary and heavy laden, he said, come to me. And I, I, Jesus, will give you rest. Rest in your mind. Rest in your spirit. Rest in your heart. Do you need that today? Stand to your feet if you would this morning. All over this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. I know Brother Gabe last night had given an altar call for salvation. And many came forward. But I feel in my heart right now to give that altar call again. Because there may be some that didn't come forward last night or maybe last night you came forward. You say, Brother Bob, I, I said the prayer, but I didn't feel anything. I feel like I really didn't believe. I was just going through the motions. And there are many who have done that over the years. I don't know where you're at, but I'm gonna ask a question right now. Forget about your neighbor. Forget about this afternoon. It's just you and God right now with no one looking around. If you need to get things right with God, you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus. You've been going through the motions, but today the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you and you need to give your life to Him. Would you just raise your hand? Is there anybody here today all over this house? Come on, there's some. Praise the Lord. You need to give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Him. Maybe today you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You felt weakened and you felt discouraged and you felt feeble. The Lord today wants to strengthen you. Let the power of His Holy Spirit flow through you and strengthen your faith that you have. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do a brave thing. But I'm going to ask you to step out right now. Step out of your aisle right now. Come on. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. There they are. Come on. Anybody else? Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you need to th make things right with God. You're among friends. Praise the Lord. Come on. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Anybody else that you're saved, but you just feel weakened in your spirit, why don't you come right now? Why don't you come to this altar? And I'm going to ask this, these two young men, this young lady that came forward, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's not a just saying a prayer. 
It's believing in your heart. God loves you today. He loves you. He cares for you. And that decision to accept Jesus is the greatest decision that you could ever make. And you're making it before friends here, among family here. But you'll walk out of this place and you'll be in the world. But the God that's with you in this house will be with you out of this house. I'm just going to ask everyone if you could repeat this prayer after me. Dear God in heaven. Dear God in heaven. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I need a savior. And I know that I need a savior. I believe. I believe that on the cross. That on the cross. You died for my sins. You died for my sins. That I might become your child. That I might become your child. And right now. And right now. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I ask you to cleanse me. And I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to change me. I ask you to change me. And right now, right now, I believe, I believe that Jesus, that Jesus, you rose from the dead. You rose from the dead. And you're alive. And you're alive. And right now, and right now, I am saved. I am saved. I am yours. I am yours. Hallelujah. Praise him today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.